Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sauce in the City. Today, I am with Jonah Feingold, who is a writer and director here in New York. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for being here and helping me test out my new podcast equipment. Really exciting. It's super legit. You look super legit. You got the Zoom <laughs> H4N Pro. I know. I had a lot of people help me, um, as in one person at B&H. But anyway. Great store. <laughs> great store. So could you just start by telling me about yourself? Like, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? Hmm. What's your story? My story. Um, I'm from New York City. I um, went to high school at a place called Fieldston, which oh, is yeah. in Riverdale. I have, a, yeah. I have a lot of friends who went there. You have a lot of Fieldston friends. Yeah. I'll get to put the <laughs> geography game. Oh, yeah. Definitely um, like who the, um, played the name game. Um, then I went to uh, USC for film school out in LA, and I lived in LA for almost 10 years. I just moved back to New York um, to make a movie. And in a nutshell, um, that's, oh, the story question is so hard. How do you, how do people typically answer what's their story question? Just like this, like where did you grow up? Where, you know. Grew up here, um, love New York, don't like LA, really hate LA. Really? I was going to ask like how. Tons of hate. Because they're very, I feel like you ever love one and hate the other. Yeah. I mean, I was there for, it's so, so funny, like perfect example. I hate LA. I lived there for 10 years. You know, it's almost like one of those like. You hate somebody, but you date them for like eight years. You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, you just don't make the change until too late, I guess. Yeah, but until it just happens. And it's like, oh, okay, wow, I'm so much happier now. So don't like LA. Really happy to be back in New York. Um, I love movies. I love Disney movies. And Disney Plus has been great. So I'm really happy to live <laughs> in a time we at Disney Plus. That's true. Okay, so what was it like growing up in New York? Because it's, a, I feel like, a very different upbringing than, you know, me living in a suburb in New Jersey. Are you from New Jersey? Yeah. Where in New Jersey you're from? I'm from Rumson. Okay. Do you, is that near Parker House? Yes. That's I've been to the Parker House. It's that great. place is amazing. That place is great, but when you're, you know, at 10, you can't. I could see it being fun at 10, too, though, because you I have, guess, like, lunch. I don't know if you're, I guess you can go to dinner there. But, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, like, the New York scene, like, how, how do you like that? I love being raised in New York. You know, people say, what's it like? being raised here i'm like what's it like being raised yeah, that's in true. kansas what did you guys do on the weekends how did you you guys didn't take an elevator you know where did you walk your dogs everyone's like oh dogs shouldn't be raised in the city my hot take is that dogs are actually much happier in new york there's more to do there's more to do they walk around they have tons of dog friends it's true you have packs of dogs walking around at all times i think here and in paris <laughs> is maybe that's because yeah. in paris you can bring your dog wherever you want yeah, restaurant you know wise and so everyone's that that's how i would equate growing up in new york is that new york is how you think a dog would have fun in like a backyard versus having fun in a city people don't get it but new york is actually an amazing place to grow up yeah i mean there's the world is your oyster when by the time you're you know going to middle school and then so did you always want to come back to new york did you think you wanted to always eventually? okay i wanted to go to college somewhere that wasn't new york I was like, no NYU because it's too New York. Yeah, I, I don't want to go be. I actually always wanted to be from California. It's so funny. I used to always grow up telling people I was from California. <laughs> I wanted to be from California. I was, I was like obsessed with the OC. True. Lindsay, Lindsay and I would like do Seth and Summer like cosplay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, but, like it wasn't even, it was like weird scenes we would do. And now it's, it's just so, I literally wanted to be from California. My mom's from California. Okay. And 
now I could not resent it more as a place, which is so, I always kind of reflect on that. I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Well, I guess you had to experience it. Otherwise it'd be like a whole what if kind of thing. Exactly. But did you like USC and did you study film there? Studied film there. Loved USC. Perfect dichotomy of like social life and film life. Although film life is still social. Mm -hmm. Um, my best friends and my like, you know, five closest friends were my same closest friends from day one of USC. Yeah. I had that with my school. Where'd you go? Didn't love it. Um, I went to Johns Hopkins. Oh, cool. You didn't love it? Did Eliza Beanie go to Johns Hopkins? We can. Yeah, I'm not sure. Copy. (laughs) Um, But so did you always want to get into film? Like how were you always interested in movies or where did that come from? I've wanted to direct movies since I was straight up two years old. I saw a movie called Hook, which is, are you familiar with the movie Hook? Robin Williams plays Peter Pan. No, I was going to say, is it related to Captain Hook? It is. It's about um, Peter Pan is played by Robin Williams and he grows up uh, to be a lawyer. He forgets that he was Peter Pan. His kids get kidnapped and he has to go to Neverland to find it. Julia Roberts is in it. Dustin Hoffman's oh, wow, in it. Wow, I've never heard of this movie. But Oh, it's like a 90s kids movie. Yeah, oh. it's like a... You've definitely seen it, but you just don't remember it maybe. Possibly. Um, saw that movie, knew instantly right there and then that I wanted to make movies for the rest of my life. This was not like something that came to me in college or after college. It's like, oh, I want to direct movies because it's cool now. Straight up, it's all I've ever known and wanted to do. So USC was the best film school. And mm-hmm. that was like my number one, two, and three choice. Obviously, um, like I didn't necessarily have the grades for it. Half the people that get into USC are like the type that literally think of some creative way to get in over actually just having the grades for it. I'm not talking about paying your way in, which I realize is a thing right now. I know. It's um, like, oh, where's um, by Uncle, cre- uh, Aunt Becky? <laughs> by creative, I mean like making a movie or a presentation or hustling and meeting every single That's professor cool, there and having them vote for you, you know? Yeah. So that was the way that I approached it. And film has always been my passion. And, and I remember you saying on Lindsay's podcast that you make When Harry Met Sally type movies, which by the way, it's an amazing movie. Amazing movie. Um, so, and you and I try, focus on I romantic <laughs> comedies though, right? Love rom-coms. That's what I want to do right now. I, wanna, okay. I, I think it's a great genre. Yeah. And why, why is that what, what you want to focus on? Two reasons. One, I love movies that are, I make movies for other people. You know, I make movies for people who, who want to escape, who I, I'm not making a movie for like Jonah. I'm not making a movie to make like a statement. Although I am trying to make statements. I'm not trying to make like a fucking, sorry, can I curse? Yeah. I'm not <laughs> trying to make, um, like a political statement or like something. I just want a movie that you and your friend can toss on the TV, talk about and watch and laugh with. So mm-hmm. I, and ideally you're watching it with someone who you might be romantically interested in or don't know that they are romantically interested in you. And you guys have this like debate over, Oh my God, would I do that? Or I would not do that. Yeah. And so it kind of causes, you know, it, t- it starts to talk about all these things. Dating, obviously something that people, we're all wildly misunderstood. We all think we're, we're the one who's like going to be single forever, but that doesn't make any sense if we all think that. Yeah. So I love the idea that movies can show, you know, we can, we can make a movie and we can be like, Oh, I'm not alone in the way that I feel. Um, so rom-com is a great genre right now just because the game has changed. It changes every day. There's a new term, new dating term every single day. Yeah. I, one thing I liked about your two um, short films was like how, you really depicted romance in the digital age. And I think that's like the first time I've really seen that. Like with maybe Josh, for example, it's from the point of view of an iPhone, which Mm. is so creative. And the fact that, you know, it's, you see the title and you know exactly why it's called that, you know? Right. The title. Yeah. The title is the best part. (laughs) Josh, because the number's not saved, which I thought was hilarious. Thanks. Um, And then another one I thought was like, I mean, and then your other film, what are we, Mm. which was, 
like where one um but just like the how they communicate is i think very i don't know if culturally relevant is the right word but it's just very relevant to now i think culturally i mean that's that's the idea right it's relatability and it's like a lot of these maybe josh was a concept that was for sofia vergara's facebook watch series and the pitch was literally i want to make you've got mail on a phone screen Mm -hmm. and how many times have we talked to someone from an app for maybe even weeks and never met them and that's where that concept came from and we were like how 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 much how can we dig into this you know and how can we make it like weird in the sense you have to watch on your phone and that's that's sort of where the maybe josh concept came from but you know the beautiful thing about that experience was it was a great way to exercise making texting conversations both relatable but engaging and cinematic yeah because what you then realize is that the way that you actually operate on your phone is you know all my job was to play with my phone constantly while we were making that movie so to figure out what we did what we would do when we were wait to respond to someone so yeah, it was really cool it was really that's so interesting and i think one of the things i mean i wrote down in my notes here is i'm really interested to hear your thoughts on the different you know texting behaviors and dating behaviors that are depicted in your films and you know what i mean and how you would i guess deal with that situation if it was your own life mm. like for example in um where what are we one character says that the person who cares the least in a relationship has the most control look at you quoting the movie thanks for doing your research you know, that's I really cool research it's the first time i've ever had someone quote a movie on any sort of conversation i'm that's honored really, that I'm, I'm that person that's really um cool. so first of all do you agree with that the person who cares the least has the most control there is a musical number and a lot about that. And I um, actually recently tweeted something that is an update to that, which is the person that texts the least is in the most control. And that is my, I used to believe the first version. Now I believe the latter, which is, um, you know what? I believe it all. It's sad, but I think it, I, I think it is kind of true. What do not do you not do you agree? I mean, do you think, the yeah. person that cares the least has the most control? I think definitely in like the infancy of a relationship mm-hmm. because the, well, it depends. I don't know because if it depends what the motives are like for texting less. If you're deliberately texting less to play a game, then you're not in the most control because you're out there. You're, you know, making the conscious effort not to text. True, which means you care which too means much. Which means you care too much. Yeah. But at the same time, that's all the same game that we're all playing. So then you're all texting, not a lot. Like, it's like a vicious, messed up cycle that's just so confusing, I think. So confusing. I think, and maybe you're right. So it's, here's what I've... It's the person who... Ca- oh, yeah. Cares the least. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's the person who cares the least is in the most control, which is to say that I think great relationships, you are an equilibrium of caring. That could mean so you obviously care about each other a lot because you both like love each other. Yeah. But that's still an e- it's still an equal amount of caring. You know, you're both at like fifty fifty, therefore making a hundred, as opposed to like someone being at like forty and someone being at like ten. Um, and then you could also both be at ten, and that is a su- successful thing too. Because let's say you have somebody that you sort of like best friends with benefits. Yeah, sorry, yeah. you have a friend with benefits. You probably care about each other twenty twenty each. So you're not at that full bar length, but you care the same amount. The ratio is still the same. Yeah, but I don't. Um, I don't know. I have my own thoughts about friends with benefits. I oh. don't think. It, I don't think it's possible. Oh, we should. Okay, well, we'll get to that because that's what the new movie's about. So we got. Oh, yeah. I have thoughts on that, but um, no, I think that's interesting. And I mean, one thing 
that I talked about a little bit with, do you know David Yaris? Um, yeah, the I think founder of JSwipe. I think we're Instagram friends. Yeah, I don't, but I don't know him personally. Yeah. Um, just how, you know, the dating in the age of like dating apps and how it's kind of misconstrued romance, I think. I mean, I have my own like opinions about that, but I was wondering how, like what your thoughts on were on that and if you think that the way in which we quote unquote date now affects people's mental health in any way. The way that we date now affects people's mental health. I think it has to because pe- the way we date now is almost for like sport and mm-hmm. not, this is not everyone obviously, but like a lot of people, I, I had a coffee with a friend and she told me she had two dates on that day already. How is that your mental? I mean, that can't be good for your mental health or maybe it is, maybe it is good for your mental health, but it's still affecting the way that we think. Um, I think it's difficult to keep track. I think that with the ability of, um, I love the dating apps, some of them, I think, you know, I think they're great, but there's an overload, no matter who you are of information and of people. Mm -hmm. And it's unless you have like strict rules for yourself, i.e. I'm only going to really talk to one or two people at the same time. You're overloaded with people and with the emotional connections that come with that, that I think subconsciously and consciously sometimes is going to mess with you in a negative way. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's the ultimate paradox of choice. Yeah, exactly. It is the paradox. Yes. Because it's literally like you, oh, this person's great, but there's, you know, five more out there that like me or something like that. Exactly. And then you're like, are they great? And it's not even like they need to do something wrong to get you not to want to continue talking. It's just literally like, it's also the, 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 um, the context of talking to someone on an app has changed where because it's so common now, you treat it like a common thing, i.e. a text or an email or a tweet. So your frequency on the app and off the app is like, I'm in a cab on the subway. Let me go on Hinge real quick. Yeah. And it, But it's but it really shouldn't be that. It should be like you're writing someone a fucking love letter. Sorry for cursing again. But <laughs> no, it's like, away. but it's like, you know, so it's it's like the, the it's the con- it's like the social context that is now around the vernacular of dating apps that has really just be- made it something that um, is way too doesn't require much thought. Yeah. And it also, I think, takes away from how we are in person. Like, mm, interesting. I mean, maybe less so for girls, be- but <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, I feminism, but <laughs> But in terms of going to a bar, I feel like men are more hesitant to approach women now because they're not, they don't have that screen to look at. Well, I think they're, I think the men are more hesitant to approach women at a bar for other reasons. Yeah, true. Mainly because like, hey, hey, um, hi, like, uh, you're super cute. And then like some, if someone like takes that the wrong way, next thing you know, you're getting blown up on Twitter. This guy just told me I'm cute at a bar. Like, yeah, he's trying to. That's true. That's true. That's something to take into account. But. I don't know. By the way, there are just for the there are ri- the right ways to do it. I'm yeah, just being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to give an example. Yeah. But it's interesting. I mean, I personally, I like. I get the appeal of dating apps. I know people have a lot of, like luck on them. I think they're great, but not for me. And I think I like realized that. Are you not on the apps? No. I, have like, you ever been on a dating app before? Yes, so, like way too much. But then I way realized I like don't. I don't know. I kind of. I remember you talking with Lindsay and saying that you don't like first dates and me neither. It's like an interview. True. But I feel like I'm really good at them. Interviews? 
or first, first dates, dates and okay. interviews because I'm yeah. good at both. Yes. Because I like to talk and I like to engage people and learn about people. But I don't, I just can't, I don't know. I find it so boring and it's just like, I mean, I also feel like I, I re- like finally came to the realization that I need to be friends with the person first. That's, that's, that's a mature realization and that's a cool thing. I think that is, that's yeah. I mean, but definitely for a long term situation, it sounds like you need to be friends first. Yeah. Or just for like anything for me to feel like any emotional connection. Right. Because Maybe you're just dead inside and you have no, yeah, you know, I don't, have no heart. I just, <laughs> I'm like, I have other things to do than sit at this date. And like, I don't want to, like, I feel like, you know, in the first five to 10 minutes, whether you're going to well, go on a second date. This is a theory that I'm trying to, I think we should normalize. Um, there's two things I believe we should be normalizing. One is men's skincare regimen, which I feel passionately about. Um, I'm all about that right now. That's true. I'm trying to get in that game. Uh, that's a joke slash not really. Number two is <laughs> we should normalize pre-dates. Here's what I mean. Like speed dates. Not a speed date. It's pre-date. It's not, there's no, t- there's, it's basically a set amount of time. I was, so we, coffee meetings, we all do them. We all love them. They're great. Mm-hmm. I think coffee meetings should only be 30 minutes. Knowing that there's a end point that's almost too soon makes you get to the good shit quickly. Yeah, that's so true. So now that's, that's business stuff. Dating wise, depending on the person and the context, if you don't know this person at all, and I'm not talking about a FaceTime or a phone call. I'm talking about a 20 to 30 minute time. You both know that's going to only be that long. Yeah. Sit down. You could do a drink. You could do a coffee. You could go for a walk around the block. Be like, okay, you're someone who's just normal enough that I'm willing to open this book and read more. Yeah. Um, and I think that the time limit is key because then yep. it takes away the whole like, oh, like I just remembered I forgot to feed my dog and right yeah i gotta be up early for a meeting like just like be like we're both gonna be out of here in 20 minutes and um tell me where you're from what do you like this is what you're and meanwhile we're processing what what do they sound like how do they move you know what's their energy the shit that really matters that you can't get through the app yeah no i agree and so that kind of i guess answers my question of what's your ideal first date it's a well, I've never done this before, so I, I, I've never done that. What there I'm should pitching. Be an app. Isn't there an app for that, like Coffee and something? Coffee and Bagel? <laughs> coffee and Bagel. I, I can't. I'm not going to download an app called Coffee and Bagel. That's a horrible branding. name. Sorry, guys. Um, ideal first date is somebody who there is a... Ideal first date is someone who I know is sort of either a friend or is like a distant person I've always sort of had a crush on. And it's just drinks at like a cute little... Sp- I call them CLSs, cute little spot. Mm candlelit tavern vibes oh that's what you had in the in the yeah um, in the movie yeah cls is everywhere yeah and tavern vibes and we're just maybe wearing turtlenecks and it's just like a cozy thing we're having hot toddies and we're just talking but there's like a good energy yeah it's all energy you know it's yeah, all it's like all energy it's all vibe do you have any like funny dating stories first date stories mm. none that i can tell that aren't fre- there because they're too fresh oh. that it, it's gonna be very obvious should <laughs> this get reposted and then she listens to it. Um, but like, no, I mean, I never really had a, even a bad date is a great story is my, is something I like to tell people. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. As without anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't, do you have any, I feel like you must have some, um, sounds like yeah. something took you off the apps. Maybe it was a bad first. No, that was that was like a bad last. I was like, yep, no, never. That time I, I, called Carly and asked her to pretend she was locked out. Is this Carly in the next room? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Carly. Shout out, Carly. 
Um, no, I'm just thinking of a time I, that, so my sister set me up with someone like three years ago, which was hilarious because she's two years younger than I am. And I had no idea what he looked like. So I get to the bar and I see a guy sitting down like alone. I'm like, okay, that's probably Matt. And I go sit down across from him and he just looks at me like, what the hell? Like, who is this? Like, who are you? And then I see like a different guy walk in. I'm like, shit that's matt and he saw the whole thing no way it was hilarious oh my god did you yeah. but you guys laughed about it and it was okay or i he... mean yeah like we never saw each other again but it was funny <laughs> that is really funny that's that's <laughs> tough when that happens it's a good thing to incorporate into a into a short film i think it's okay very, like cliche almost i'm gonna take it it's gonna be it's gonna be the next thing okay and then uh, my other question kind of about your movies specifically the one what are we was is based on the question or the title of the movie. Mm. I think that's another thing that's wrong with millennial dating culture is that there's so many different like relationship statuses or labels, but none of them work. Mm. And then people take things like, Oh, what are we as like a very intense, like, Oh my God, they must be super intimate. So what is your take on that? Um, I think the what are we conversation is basically just a way to engage um, in talking about how you both feel about each other. Do you watch The Bachelor at all? Oh, oh yes. Great. I'm obsessed. Me and my like four best friends in LA have a league. I've won two out of the three. Oh, I picked okay. Jed, one off, one off of a technicality, obviously, in that case. Um, but that show, everyone can, you can love it, you can hate it. The one thing that it's amazing about that show is that they are locked in this world with no phones and all they have is each other, but every single conversation they have pretty much after the first date is a check-in emotionally on how they're feeling about each other, which I love. And yeah, that's true. They never need to say, what are we? Because you instantly assume that they're dating because there's no other option. I think what are we is a great way to have a conversation about how you feel about each other. Yes. Which should just be more incorporated earlier on. Exactly. Which should just be a way that you're like, you know, at the end of a first date, I've sort of come to terms with the fact that I say like, I'll just point like be look I like you and I want to see you again. Yeah, that's true. As a and then on the other hand just to not ghost like you know what I, you seem really, you're a really cool person but I'm just not inviting. Exactly. Like I don't feel a chemistry between us, which by the way, I think slowly I am sensing that ghosting is becoming we're all becoming better at not ghosting people. Yeah, which is good because it didn't exist like I don't know. A week however, ago. Yeah, however many years ago. Well, yeah. The Bachelor is a very interesting, though. Did you read the book? Like, I think it's called, like, Behind the Final Rose or something like that. Whoa, no. It is insane. It's, like, an expose. No way. It is wild what they do. Like, so the producers. give me an example. Okay. Besides booking Chase Rice to come play in his own fucking episode. When yeah. Oh Victoria my. F. dated Chase Rice. I was like, oh, wow. Surprise there. But, so, the producers, like, there was... I forget the guy's name, but he... And the woman producer like had like a romantic like, relationship. I don't know. There was a lot of drama with that. And they do things well, where they'll write down like a woman's insecurities on like every woman would be like, okay, she like her dad passed away. This and, is like, not, Is this true? I swear to God, you have to okay. read this book. It's insane. I still watch The Bachelor even after reading it because well, whatever. And they'll be like, she gets emotional. Like does she has body issues and things like that. So they'll deliberately be like, oh, like you have to wear the bikini. And like to the girl who's like self-conscious about her body or something like that. Or for example, if someone's, 
you know how even in the beginning when someone leaves they're like crying and they're like oh my god i'm never gonna find love yeah so sometimes a person will be leaving and they'll be like so like aren't you sad that you're leaving and they're like you know i wasn't really feeling it with like colton or something and like but aren't you worried you're gonna be alone forever like here just take a tequila shot sweetie and then all of a sudden they're crying and they're like, oh, I'm never going right, to find love. Right. Wild. Definitely read the book. But I still watch the show. I don't have a league. <laughs> do you, who do you think is winning the season? And if you know spoilers, then don't. I don't. No spoilers. Um, I think. You can give top Madison, two. Is that Madison, the girl? Madison P. The yeah, one the, who the basketball Peter player. Gave, I don't know. I mean, the one that Peter gave a picture of his family. At his yeah. vows renewal. I love her. I really like her. Which is insane. That's insane. That's a red flag. Yeah, that's a that's lot. That's a runaway. If a guy gave you, if, <laughs> if a first date guy says, hey, come meet me out. We're going to go have a fun night. Takes you to drinks. Then takes you to his parents' 31st wedding anniversary vows renewal. You hopefully run away. And then you go to like a dance. Like, um, oh my God, they went to the the dance like or the random performer. Oh, oh, that band <laughs> that was in the back. Yeah. And they all show up. They're like grinding, like, like oh making God, out. The and then this family. Yeah, the family shows up. <laughs> so funny. And then I think the the blonde nurse, Victoria P. Victoria, or uh, Victoria P. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like them. And then I think, what's her face is gunning for the Bachelorette. Hannah. Hannah Ann. Uh, she's too. She's too Hannah G to be the Bachelorette, though. That's the thing. You think she's too Hannah G? She's not relatable. Hannah B is relatable because she's a f- like a mess. Yeah. And Hannah Ann isn't a mess. True. I think she's gunning for the Bachelorette. I don't think. I, yeah. I think Pete's like. Eh. In the same way that Kayla Miller Keys was going to be Bachelorette, mm-hmm. but guess what? Dean. You'll just Whatever. yeah. She'll just get an endorsement from Revolve or what's that company called? That club. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll just be an Instagram, which she already was an Instagram which they model. Already are, yeah. Yeah. Wild. Okay, so kind of going back to like mental health and its relationship to relationships or like mm-hmm. dating and things, because this is like a mental health podcast. I'm curious to see, like, I don't know. I think one thing that's really hard about dating, especially in a place like New York, is that in the same way that it is with, like, friendships and all of that is, like, even though there's so many people here, it almost makes you feel more alone because you're like, why am I, you know, why am I single? Like, or why am I not going on a date? When there's so many people here on this island, why am I still alone? Like, there must be something wrong with me. And it's kind of like this vicious cycle that is very ironic because a lot of people are thinking that same thing. A lot of people are like, I'm so alone in this. And even though I'm not saying that that's, you know, only with dating, I think it's with friendships and maybe your work colleagues are going all out together and you're not or something like that. But romance is definitely like a big part of that and i was wondering what your thoughts were on that and if you ever experienced those feelings i have been i've not i'm not one who ever feels lonely i've never felt i've like legitimately i've seen loneliness in my like binoculars Mm -hmm. and i've been near it but i've never actually embraced it and hugged it and felt lonely that's good I mean, yeah, maybe for better or for worse, but um, people always, I mean, I guess it's a tough question for me to answer about New York because I'm new to, I'm back in New York where I seen, I thought LA was a very lonely city. That's true. You want to feel lonely, go to LA. 
New York is not a lonely place. Yeah, I guess that's a really good point. We're all in the same show here. We're all in like the backstage of a musical. Like whenever I walk through the subways underground, I always feel like we're like the Disney characters, like, you know, walking underneath the park, like out of costume. Like, I just feel like New York, we're all in one big fucking proscenium show and it could not be more unified. Like if you're lonely, you can go to a bar or a pizza place. Like you're going to be with somebody and you can talk to anyone. Yeah. It's like an open world video game. Everyone here is talkable characters. No, I definitely, I agree with that. Especially now, I think that's how I, I approach it more and just going to Union Square and things like that. And I think if you're the kind of person who is very like outgoing mm-hmm. or energetic, then you can make, the world can be your oyster if you like let it. Like Absolutely. New York can be your oyster. Yeah. I would not last day in New York. I, can, I mean, in, um, la i can't even drive so that that so you technically wouldn't even i last wouldn't yeah. last <laughs> um anyway so i'm going to end by asking some final questions love final questions that get really deep oh shit of. okay then maybe i don't kind of, i don't know they're they're fine i never know how to preface this okay first question what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today <sighs> zoe one thing in my life that's happened to me that's made me a stronger person stronger today. person today what doesn't kill you makes you stronger true kelly clarkson kelly clarkson <laughs> um it's happened to me in my life that's made me stronger can i put an interesting twist to this question yeah of course I don't think anything's ever happened to me that's made me stronger. I think I've done things to my life that have made me stronger. That's fair. I.e. non-react, like reactionary things. Okay. Um, Like what? Example. I, you know, this is always a kind of a, um, this is a, this is, it's not funny. It's not a funny story, but it's, it's a, I was once in a, I've had like sort of one very, very serious girlfriend in my life. Mm -hmm. And in between, which sort of taught me on my foundation for how I approach relationships, which is maybe good, maybe bad. And one winter eve, a couple of years ago, she sent me like essentially like a breakup text. And I was like, I'm not going to let us break up. It's like, it's like a winter storm. We're both home um, in New York because we were both living in LA too. I'm like, I'm going to come over. She lives in Westchester. I live in the city. When I come over and like we're gonna talk about this like face to face, you're not gonna break up with me over a fucking text message. Yeah. So I get in the car and I drive on like to Westchester, snowstorm. On the highway is black ice, which I'm not sure if anyone here is familiar with that. You can't see it, you yeah. can feel it. So I skip. I I, I it, like 50 feet in front of me is a car that's fully stopped and I mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere, and I skid and I stop, and I'm on this black ice. I'm like, why am I skidding? There's nothing here, but it's, of course the ice. I stop right before I hit this car. Oh my God. But of course, the person behind me, not in the best shape car, slams into behind me. So I'm still fine. That's why the, I don't drive. The car, is, the car is beat up from the back. I'm still fine. I pull over to the right hand side of the, of the highway. It's now a 20, par, 20 car pileup. Wasn't like my fault. Like, it was a whole thing. No one could see this ice. This car that was way in front of us had started it. I get out of the car. I start to cross the highway because everyone's piling up because there's like a family and they're like trying to unload their kids and everyone's fine, safe. Out of fucking nowhere, a car comes, rams me, my mm. body, like hits me. I'm down the fucking ground. I wake up. I come out of nowhere. I get back up, like almost like you go under a wave in an ocean. And I'm like, am I okay? And everyone's looking at me like, what the fuck? 
And I'm like, is there glass in my face? I have like a giant scar on my leg. Crazy thing is I was totally fine. So you got I, hit by a car. You got, I got hit, hit by, by a car moving car. In your car and then you got hit by a car. Correct. And Holy I got hit shit. by a moving car. My, I mean, and like you could say oh, that doesn't make any sense. You would have had broken bones. But like I have this phone that I hold, was holding this iPhone. And it was shattered to pieces. And like everyone saw it and it was insane. Now, there was no like life epiphany from this. It wasn't like, oh my God, you only live once. Like maybe I'm not scared of getting hit by a car again, which is like the weird thing. But it more so was a... I've now reflected on that moment in time at the relationship um, because I was driving to go basically get broken up with, which is the irony here. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, oh, I literally just got hit by a car. Well, I woke up, I got back to my house like four hours later, like to a bunch of texts being like, where are you? I'm like, you will never believe what just happened to me. And I think that thing taught me was a catalyst for teaching me that when something's not working out, rather than force it to make it work, and get hit by a car, don't do it anymore. And yeah, save like yourself. if there's ever a sign that it wasn't meant to work out. Multiple, it's yeah, there were multiple <laughs> signs. And so I have things for everything in life. I think it's, it can be your job. If you're desperately unhappy and you're sure this is the right thing to do, trust your gut. If you're in a relationship and your friends and family don't like the person, then you are wrong. You and your excuse of, you just don't know them like I do, yeah. is incorrect. That's true. And in the moment, you don't think that. You're like, nope, they just don't get them. But no, you are the one who's wrong. And your friends and family are right. Yeah, I agree with that. That was a loaded answer, but hopefully maybe there's... No, that's actually... I mean, it's a crazy, weird metaphor that's true. I mean, (laughs) if it's not meant to be, you'll know. Okay, second question that's somewhat related. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? I tell myself to believe that everything happens for a reason i don't know if i believe it (laughs) no i agree that i think my thought on it is that should be everyone's outlook or like view on life because then you're not like oh poor me this happened i'm fucked it's like okay that was meant to happen like what can we learn from that yeah that was meant to happen or how can i control this in a way to get what i want yeah you know like I, i i think we all again we all love being a victim of our own unfortune and I don't love people who are like down on themselves. So like if you don't like like just something didn't go your way, then make it go your way yeah. safely. And obviously like with, res- like with respect to the yeah. situation, but you know, like don't never give uh, my favorite quote, galaxy quest, never give up, never surrender. That, that was another one of my questions. What favorite quote? Yeah. That is my favorite quote. Yeah. Never give up, never surrender. It's from galaxy that. quest. Yeah. When's your birthday? August 6, 1990. When's yours? September 21st. Oh. 21st night of September. I have some. Yeah. It was September 21st night of September. So what is that? Like a Leo? That's a Leo. Yeah. That's a Leo. One of my best friends is Leo. Named Um, Leo or is also a Leo? He's a Leo. Yeah. Okay. I guess third question or fourth question because I already know your favorite quote. You do. If a crystal ball could tell you anything about yourself, your life, your future, or anything else, what would you most want to know? I think, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a podcast and because people will listen to this. I would want to know that something about my friends or my family being like getting what they want. Does that answer? I don't really want to know. I know my future. Like, I don't want to know my future. Yeah. I don't want to know what's going to happen. I don't want to. Like, the obvious answer would come to mind is like, is everything going to be okay? Yeah. yeah. Everything's going to be fine. Like, yeah. It's, you know. 
hopefully, or it's not. But um, I think I'd want to make sure that I just want to know more. Like, are is everyone that because like in there's my mind is split into two things: my insane hunger and drive towards succeeding as a filmmaker and mm-hmm. being able to make my art professionally, and then the other portion of my mind is is every my closest friends and family are they all happy and being and gonna be okay and do I need to worry about anybody? Oh, I like that actually. Yeah, that you get a know what they're really feeling just so you can allocate your act like exactly your, your efforts like correctly. i could go a thousand percent in on everything else creatively in my life if i just knew that everyone else was okay and that i didn't have to falsely panicking about somebody else's um not panicking falsely you know be mm-hmm. like i hope that they get what that you know i hope that that works out are you an empath like do you feel other people's pain do i feel i don't i think i i don't know i've never actually use that word before or really? I've heard it. Like I've never empathy. Had empathy. I think it's just, I definitely do, but I more so am like hyper aware of how people act or feeling in a moment, like hyper aware of like people, what they think of stuff. I mean, my biggest flaw is that I need to be liked. That's, you know, do you have Virgo in you? I don't know. That's like a classic Leo thing though, is that you need everyone to like you. Yeah, that's true. Um, you want every, I don't need, I, I want everyone to like yeah, me. Yeah, I, no, I, I am like that too. Or I get really nervous if people are mad at me, but that's also anxiety. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't know, but no one wants somebody, why do you want someone to be mad at you? I know, that's the thing. And Who likes you, that? And then you ask if you're, if they're mad at you and then they get more, they're like, why are you asking? Like, stop texting me. And I'm like, ugh, but I don't well, do that anymore. in relationships, yeah, if, if, if a guy, I guess in all relationships, if you ask a girl, are you mad at me? Then you're never going to get the answer you want. Yeah, I wouldn't know that as a as a woman. I don't think. Well, but like, has, has a guy ever been like, "Are you mad?" And yeah, you, and did I, you ever just? And say then I'm yes? like, "Oh my gosh, I'm listening to myself." Like a year ago, when I would text my friends, but <laughs> I've I've been, gotten better at that. Um, my next question is, what do you love most about yourself? My eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's the most superficial no, answer I'm I've ever had. I'm with you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You do have nice eyes. My though. hair. <laughs> no, thank, um, thank you. Um, joke. And I love that. I do love myself. That is true. I am my biggest fan. And I think I love people who are their biggest fans as well. Not in an egotistical way from the sense that they like promote themselves as a self-made brand. Cause we all have those friends, but like love, be your biggest fan. Have fun. You can laugh with yourself. Yeah. Um, I love that I approach life with a lighthearted sensibility that nothing is ever serious, too serious, um, you know, and I, I think I could probably, with the exception of like war, I think I could be tossed into almost any situation and thrive um, to That's a certain a great extent. quality. It's funny. I was just thinking this. Well, I mean, I was thinking it before, but no, like, not calling out other people that I've interviewed for this podcast, but you are like by far the person most genuinely like not self-critical, which is rare because this is a mental health podcast. So most of the people <laughs> I've talked to are like, I'm yes, I'm depressed, I'm anxiety. I hate, like, hate myself, which like I feel a lot, but yeah. it's refreshing to see the other side of like what humanity is like. There are some of us out there who can love ourselves, you know, yeah, it's, it's really refreshing. It's like, okay, look, this is possible and it's not weird. Yeah. Unrealistically loving oneself is, is the fun, is the fun way. But like, I, I yeah, that's it. And I, but on the flip side of that, I have, I also do have trouble connecting and 
understanding people who doubt themselves. I hate people that doubt themselves. Not to the point that I can bring them up either. It's more like, why would you ever doubt? I can get mad at people. Interesting. So what but what if it's like, what if they can't help it? Well, what do you do when you have a friend who doubts themselves? I mean, I doubt myself all the time. So what do you do to yourself? What do you say to yourself to not, I mean, obviously you don't all the time. Like you've, you, you have a podcast, you have, you know, we're here. Like there's things that I seek. But that's because of like, I don't know. I mean, therapy and like Mm. addressing it. Addressing it. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm better about it now, but my sister used to always call me out and say like, why, why are you so mean to yourself? Mm. That whole quote of like, speak to yourself. Like you would speak to one of your best friends is so important, but we are like so hard on ourselves and we do like speak so negatively to ourselves and it's not good. It's just rare nowadays, sadly. And that's why, you know, all like all these different um, mental illnesses are on the rise sure. and suicides at an all time high, like because people are so self-critical and don't talk about it, which is obviously why I have this podcast to get people to open up and that's then cool. share with me. So then by opening that door and letting themselves feel vulnerable Mm. people then can you know feel like oh this guest of solace in the city felt like that like it's normal or yeah that's what i've just found by making myself vulnerable on like instagram and other social media platforms is like people then see that as an opportunity to confide in me that's awesome. Which is like funny because I'm, I'm a mess. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We're all, we're all, you know, we're yeah. all, that's that. And it, but do you, where do you stand on people who post selfies of them crying? Depends a where. Cry, a cry <laughs> selfie on Instagram. Like real Instagram. What's fake Instagram? Oh, oh Finstagram? You Finsta. Mean? Oh, I know. I mean like someone's like crying about something, takes out their phone, snaps it and like writes whatever it is they're crying about and then posts on their story. If it's a fake Instagram then it's fine because I do that all the fucking time. Okay. Well, not really, but no. I think I, I, don't mean, know. I, I don't actually had my friend on this podcast because she's very into like Finsta. She's TikTok famous. And this is your TikTok famous friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just talked about how Finsta can she's be an outlet TikTok for famous. She is. She just got, it's actually hilarious. She texted me or, or she posted on Finsta the other day that, she recently got reached out by like Fit Tea. The, oh, the company. The, the skin, like the skinny teas that are oh, just sure. like making you like shit your pants. Like, oh, oh. Yeah, the, yeah oh. they're like, they're laxative tea. Oh my God. <laughs> Take that brand endorsement. She's got it. I, yeah, I guess. But like, oh my gosh. So classic, stereotypical. But um, no, Finsta, I think, I think it depends what you're looking to get out of it. Mm. I mean, if you're posing it for... You know, people would be like, oh, are you okay? Like, don't do that. Rather, just go to your friend and be like, hey, like, I've had a shit day. Right. Like, I'm, not, that's, I'm not feeling my best. So that's that's that I love. Yeah. And I think that's like when I personally if would post a, you know, crying, quote unquote, crying selfie on like my fake Instagram. It's not so people like are like, oh, my God, are you okay? It's more like, hey, everyone, not great like catch you later because like i obviously have a selective group on, on the finsta yes. right so it's a Very selective pop- friend circle you got yeah. on there. that makes sense but get behind that but i get what you're saying I, I don't like when people use their sadness as like a means to get attention mm-hmm. so it's it depends but i do really admire people who like 
go at life with like full energy and and are genuinely just like admit that they love themselves because that's really rare now yeah well we should all love ourselves more agreed blessings <laughs> okay last question yes how do you find solace in the city hmm um, can you like um physically or emotionally like when you're not even like when you're having a bad day like what's your perfect day perfect day like what would you do got it great great question perfect day is wake up at 5 a.m for a 6 a.m call time go to set direct somewhere between five and six pages of a once rehearsed dialogue heavy new york walk and talk scene for my next movie um we shoot five to six pages it's maybe fall or summer and we're shooting in the lower east side then day goes great we wrap um at 6 p.m 12 hour day then i am greeted by my golden retriever puppy uh named birdie we hug we embrace and then me and my parisian jewish girlfriend um Marion. this is a joke now i don't know this does not exist um <laughs> like, okay. that that part that part doesn't exist but me and the actors and any of the crew we then go to jg mellon on 74th and third avenue yeah after we've wrapped we have some drinks we have some burgers and we all go to sleep and then we do the same thing the next day that is my dream day in New okay York. so that's how you find solace yes love it all right. Also, I have a side note written down. Love side notes. Because I remember you saying that when you were little, you would record videos, music videos with your sister. Yes. I would also do that with my sister. Did you really? Yes. And my best friend. We mm. did some great music videos to Avril Lavigne songs and um, one to the Black Parade, which was really emo. Wait, are you serious? I'm a big My Chemical Romance fan. Like, yeah. Are you still MCR? No, not really. But it was, it's like a really frightening video. It was me and my friend Holland. And we like... <laughs> <laughs> my parents when we showed it to our parents they were like what the fuck is wrong with that's you a guys? big one to show the you parents you guys are like 11 why are you <laughs> a father yeah oh great song into the city i just literally listening to the helena you know helena obviously the song i wasn't actually a big my chemical romance oh. fan. i don't know why we chose that song. <laughs> that's, that's a great song <laughs> it's also like a six minute song it's a very long song um yeah i'll try to i'll try to find that please do but anyways thank you so much for coming on my podcast and being first guest to try out these new I, cool that's really days. what i can you know i heard there's new gear it's and i like, was here gotta to check it out to so where can everyone listen or watch your movies when is your feature film coming out like right. plug everything plugging everything here love the good plug the feature film um which we just finished the director's cut of the feature film was and it's another rom-com this one has jabuki young white he's a comic um cool. has francesca rielli from stranger things Jerry Ferrara from Entourage, Alex oh, Moffat from SNL, Taylor Hill, the Victoria's Secret model, Catherine Cohen, the comedian, very funny. Damn. Um, Brian Muller, great actor, and Arturo Castro from Comedy Central. This, I have no idea when it's coming out. We just handed in the director's cut. There's a long journey ahead of trying to get into a festival or see what happens. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I my dream is that one day people will be able to see it. So I hope that that happens. Um, and then you can, f otherwise, I'm active. I'm bad at texting, but I'm good at Instagram. Yeah. Um, Jonah Feingold. And then I probably can't technically legally say this yet, but there's a new podcast project that I'm working on Ooh. with Hinge. 
official collab, which will be cool. Sorry for shitting on Hinge. No, we can shit <laughs> no, on Hinge. I, I wasn't we can, shitting on it. I was we can on shit on, on it. Um, we love Hinge. We don't love Coffee Meets Bagel. So that's where you'll hear my voice more. And yeah, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Good vibe, good energy in this kitchen. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.